and it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. <clears throat> With... <laughs> With trap beats playing in the background. See, there you go. Oh, One time. Probably the only time that it will ever be normal again. And no, I think when we started, it was normal. Ain't yeah. Well, it's looking bleak for the future, so... You know what else is looking bleak? Tell me why. This is embarrassing, but this is all about warts and all, so I'm going to tell my business for what this one and only time. So you know how your phone will offload apps when you don't use them? What did it offload? I swear, Apple be like in your business for no reason. Okay, because you know how it, it offloaded my FaceTime a while ago, <laughs> which I was like, I don't talk to you. I couldn't imagine mine being offloaded. No. Because. Yeah, my mother FaceTimed me. Mm-hmm. Several others as well. Mm-hmm. But my grandma. tell me why. Mm-hmm. And several of this as well. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Tell what am I telling my, you? Tell me why my metronome offloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was that, how's that for a reality check? Yeah, my but I don't. I you know, I don't like using my phone for stuff like that. Like I have a tuning app, and I used to use it a lot in like undergrad for like because I had the one that like it smiles when you get the note correct or whatever. But like I just I prefer to use like. Regular stuff. A regular tuner, a regular metronome. I don't. Only know. reason why I'm I'm fine doing that, or I was fine, is because I didn't get any pra- any service in my practice room, so I couldn't use my phone even if I wanted to. Um. So it was basically just like having one. I I just don't I don't know I just don't like using my phone for that. I I never liked it. I mean after I left. 100%. Well, I, all my all my music apps coincidentally I bought them. Um, my tuner was ten dollars. My metronome was like two ninety nine. My mm-hmm. scale app was one was like. One ninety nine or something, and my I use this one app called the Amazing Slow Downer. I heard about the Amazing, yeah. and it's gotten better over the years because when I first heard about it, um, a couple of years ago, it was still distorting pitch when you slowed it down. Mm. So, but it, it, you can as as long as I've used it, you can distort pitch intentionally, which is good for us because we play in solo tuning or orchestral tuning. So mm. if you want to play something and you don't have solo strings on, you can just distort the pitch of the accompaniment. Oh. And it'll be fine, um, but that was like fifteen dollars. So I'm like, I'm using these apps. Yeah, I mean, I heard I've, I should I should get the Amazing Slow Downer. It was like huge. I remember going to the ASTA conference in 2013, and it was like the thing everybody was talking about the Amazing Slow Downer. I remember my teacher he introduced me to it back when I was like maybe in like the eighth grade, and him being like, "Don't tell nobody about this." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, the girls were like using like finale to slow stuff down, but then the pitch changes. So that's mm. probably that's like why it was like so. You know, sometimes I just be playing with it. I just be plugging in random songs, like singing and stuff, and turn it all the way up. It's funny. Wow. Meanwhile, my bass collecting dust all the while. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna talk about my viola and her many issues. My viola is like unplayable. Like I must. While I'm in LA, I want to ask Andrew where he gets the bow hair because I I haven't had a good bow hair in like years. Like I just I'm never satisfied. And you know he goes straight to the horse. What? <laughs> <laughs> horse or unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> because that boy, something wrong with him. There's a couple freaks that like in classical music, which I just don't get. Andrew is one of them. Like how you how you got a full him and Adam? It's like there's a couple of them out there that's just like, freaks of nature. <laughs> Like he probably he probably ascends on high. He probably in the Garden of Eden, <laughs> <Not with> so <laughs> <simple>. <laughs> right up there at the Garden of Eden, right. getting horse hair. 
Pegasus unicorn hair. hair. Right. Right. And God makes spins his strings himself. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I need to, I want to get a bow here. My my viola, viola is my viola. Okay, you see. <laughs> What's well, he got news? I don't want to talk about it. I want to type on one person. <laughs> because the V and the B right next to each other. That's like a <laughs> Yo, I'm dumb tired. It's where I'm where I'm it's twelve o'clock where I'm supposed to be right now. And I don't get that. I feel like small like like time differences that small don't feel like I don't feel them. Cause like two hours don't seem like that long to me, but also my sleep schedule used to be non existent. So that's probably why. Oh yeah, I'm in the, in LA, by the way, for the YOLO. Yeah, she's jet setting. Literally not. But You um, literally are. Did you come over here? On the airport? I walked here, so you walked all the way here from Chicago? Yep. 400,000 steps. Come on, um, Bitcoin. <laughs> but um, I'm not jet lagged, but I'm tired because I would be in bed by now. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. like with my Bible and the Lord. Yeah, this podcast is over. I've tried. You got you got Meanwhile, 37 and a half out of me. Meanwhile, I begged you to, for us to quit the podcast just minutes before we we began. I don't know why. You don't even know why. I do, but I'm not going to say it on this. Let <laughs> <laughs> me news. Oh, Jalay. Sure do. Oh, dang. I should do the... I should... I always do the good news last, so that's what I'll do. <laughs> Okay, so I saw the note clean. You know what? Actually, I this is a podcast. They can't see me, so nobody knows what you're talking about. You happy? Yep. Gleeful. Anyway, (laughs) um, there's been this article going around about a conductor by the name of Brandon Keith Brown, um, who was hired back in 2017 to be the orchestra director and the visiting professor um, of music at Brown University. Um, but he recently filed a complaint based on his firing in 2017, just six weeks after he was hired. So, so go on. <laughs> you're right. Before this, I get emotional, <laughs> this complaint. Um, six weeks. Yeah. the The complaint that uh, he filed uh, claimed that there was bias and stereotyping from students, over monitoring by department leaders and an overall hostile work environment, which caused him to uh, be withdrawn um, at work, physically sick. He said that he had ulcers that he had to take medication for. After six weeks? Um, Sorry, I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody lying. Somebody lying. Let me look it up. How fast do you develop an ulcer? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's not the point. Go ahead. This is not funny. Um, And... Cause him to be extremely anxious. There's a lot of accounts of this story. I think I read about four or five articles about it. Um, two, I think, of which were from the Herald, the Brown Herald, which is their mm-hmm. newspaper at Brown University. Um, it was basically saying that a lot of the students were relieved for him to be gone. Relieved. Relieved. Um, they claimed that they uh, were fearful. Um, of him they were afraid to approach him because he was so strict and um 
and intimidating and uh i guess they just thought he was mean however you know he he believes that his actions were misinterpreted because he is black and because of students implicit bias um he was I guess like stereotype to be like an angry black man when in reality he was just like he was like yeah I'm strict but I'm, I never crossed the line hmm. and he also said that several of the people that hired him or yeah hired and fired him okay um fired, okay <laughs> because they fired him without observing his teaching they just took their word for okay it. Well, that's a little and, different exactly and then he had he had several videos of it because he recorded some of their rehearsals and they never to his knowledge reviewed those videos and obviously he would know because he owned the videos so he would know if they had seen them um who to lay um it was also written in several articles that they were getting th- this particular orchestra has a president and a, pr- and a vice president is brown so they extra so they got a whole executive board for the orchestra i had an executive board for my orchestra under yeah, the president of, or- of orchestra yeah president vice president well, that's place. a music school thing but um because i couldn't see like maybe it's not a, like a conservatory thing but yeah i can see it not being a conservatory thing yeah. because like the stuff we will plan is like the halloween party you know what i'm saying like yeah. junk like that or like see they just buy it never mind let's not talk about what they do um well it won't take long um the president and, and vice president of the orchestra uh claimed that they were getting emails before he had even had his first day about him i'm like how y'all sending emails uh, i was like somebody i was like this not adding up somebody lying uh, how y'all how y'all send the emails before he got here whatever he said that when he was hired he felt tokenized because they basically told him that he was there to diversify the department I'm, there's a lot there's a lot of details that i'm like i don't even know how to string this together like so he's already so he's already like okay y'all told me i'm not even here you know to do the job that i came to do i'm sure he's already pissed um because yeah because remember our friend was like he applied to some music school and they were like yeah we like for you to diversify our oh, i'm like i cannot believe y'all are really saying yeah. this out loud like y'all are out of control <laughs> i i remember that um but basically he said that um that's what they told him and they told him that it would be a serious orchestra experience so this is when this is when things started coming to light for me because they were saying, you know how they were saying he was strict, he was overly, you know, everything. They were like, well, he assigned us more music than we used to play in. I was, <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is what, this is all starting to make sense. They said that they got more music for their auditions than they were used to. And um, they were mad because he was correcting them. Yes, and it's I'm orchestra. That's like, <laughs> so I was like, and I was, and this orchestra is primarily made up of people who are non-majors and he said had he known that it was a hobby orchestra he would have never came come on a hobby orchestra he said he was, oh, like, he was fed up he said i didn't move all the way across the country for a hobby orchestra Especially the Rhode Island. that i'm overqualified come for on. he literally he literally said he was like a position that i'm overqualified for i was like yeah oh but um i was like this is all coming this is all coming to light but i do want to um I do want to just to be fair say some of the things that um the students said like some quotes from them 
one um one girl who was the concert master uh said that she that he belittled her and corrected her which i'm like correct he's your professor and you're the concert master and corrected her in front of everyone and i'm like was he supposed to I was like, this isn't like, this isn't like Dudamel, uh, you know, going off on the concert master of the L.A. Phil and undermining him and telling him, well, actually, you hold the violin this way. That's not the same thing. You're a student in school and he's yeah. your professor. If he, if he wants to correct you or something, like, obviously, there's a way to do that and there's a way not to do that. But I wasn't there. And you have to provide more detail than that if we're going to, you know what I mean? And I mean, people in music, like, no matter how nice a teacher is, like, People in music have a way of, like, being short or, like, Mm -hmm. it could be offensive, whatever. You got to just, like, I don't even know how to say it. Like, you sometimes just got to have, like, a a thick skin sometimes. Because it's just, like, even Mrs. Taylor is the nicest. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, like, sometimes you just got to get the information fast. And it's, like, well, girl, it's sharp. So, you know, it's, like. So, you know what? Most, you know, know, most of the time, Katie, it's. It's it's there, but for this little no, no girl, it's, it's sharp. It's mostly there, except for everything is wrong. But it's okay because <laughs> like, it's girl. mostly like it's almost like you know. Sometimes you just gotta. But um, some students also claim that he called out the quality of someone's instrument in rehearsal. Um, and okay. insisted that they get a better one, and I was like, okay, now if that really happened, if that really happened, like that's unacceptable. Because you don't know what yeah. nobody can afford. Just because you have brown on me, you could afford to go to brown. And also, like, why is that in front of the entire ensemble? In front of the entire ensemble, like, mm. yeah, this is tasteless to me if it's true. Yeah, and then two students from University of Massachusetts Amherst, which is where he previously taught, Ooh. and they refused the the office over there refused to disclose under what grounds he left but two students from there came forward um and corroborated the stories that the students at at brown and Mm -hmm. said that when he was here one student said that he mocked his accent in front of everyone and then another student claimed that they did a two and a half hour orchestra rehearsal with only a six minute break um okay so the second one (laughs) if y'all knew what we (laughs) were doing at eastman (laughs) So I can't get behind that. <laughs> However, the first one is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the last straw was him uh, having an argument with a student in which a student allegedly put his hands on him. And so he threatened to call campus police, which he ended up doing on that student. So that um, at that point, he was he was terminated. Wait, he put hands on the student? No, the student put hands on him. Oh, it would have been on site. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't blame her for that. Gang, gang, what we doing? We boxing now? All right. I would have yeah. dog walked that student. You're not going to touch me? Are you kidding? Oh, wait. Future employer. <laughs> I already got a job. For my, now. And my boss would have dog walked that student too. In any case, um, I was like, there's a time. Okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dog walk because now I'm in jail and I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do well in jail. But you're not gonna touch me. <laughs> your hands on me, and you don't wash your hands. You know them students at Brown are not washing their hands. Zero waste. Brown University, <laughs> Rhode <laughs> Island. Brown, Brown me more than one thing over there. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why everyone got tetanus. Anyway, long story short, um, some of the, the students have claimed that it's ridiculous um, that he would claim that it's due to race. 
Um, but we are still waiting on the outcome of um, the complaint that he filed. So I guess I'll keep my eye out, see, see what happens, see if he get that settlement or whatever. I mean, I could see, okay, so when I took my orchestra job, let me rephrase because I wish, when I took my high school teaching job um, in Danville, one of the complaints that I got, I had one student drop out of, of orchestra, like within a week or two of me being there because the music I gave was too hard and I gave too much of it. And I was like, well, girl, the door's over there. And if all of y'all oh. want to quit, we had two violins and that's what we finna do. We playing the Bach double. I guess that's what we doing. You know, like I, I didn't care. I was like, you hire me to teach orchestra. I teach it at this level. Everybody coming with me. And the ones who can't make it will not make it. And only once I thought I was waiting for the rest of them to drop. And I didn't. So I, I could see that. It's like you have, you have, I don't care what the level of the orchestra was before. Like you, you hired me to teach orchestra and that I will do. And this is how I teach orchestra. It's going to be at a high level. It's going to be with difficult music and you will work. And they stick, they stuck around. Which is why he said, um, had he known what he was getting himself into, he never would have never would have came. Which is true because when when you think about it, like I'm sure, say you're a neuroscience major and you play the violin for fun because you don't want to stop, and some dude coming here yelling at you because you ain't got no strad. Like I can see why that would be stressful, especially yeah. because that's another thing on your plate when you're at an Ivy League school getting a degree in something completely different. Mm-hmm. However, y'all can't just be hiring people willy-nilly when you know that he is used to a certain level. He's going exactly. to come in, and you guys didn't care. He said that nobody asked him about his qualifications, and then, like, in the interview, it seemed like just a diversity hire. I'm like, well, had y'all been honest with him about what he was getting his, himself into and been honest with him, you know, about about how your program runs or doesn't, then y'all wouldn't have been in this situation. Also, like, I'm not trying to say too much because I know, like, everybody's financial situation is different, everybody's lives are different, but, like, I can't really see myself taking a job to help you diversify. Like, I just can't see myself doing yeah. something like that. I mean, but everybody's different. Everybody's moral compass is different, so yeah. I'm not saying that, but I'm not doing that. From what it sounded like, it sounded like he was already there by the time they told him that. Oh, yeah. shoot. I would have been pissed. Yeah. Um, but he he was uh, fired a couple of days before the concert, so they had like Dang. a teaching assistant, yeah, <laughs> um, a teaching assistant do do it for them. But yikes! Sorry, sis. Turn up, Buttercup. In other news, um, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that Asada Cannon Mason was releasing an album of Clara Schumann's music. Well, that very album has officially reached number one on UK's classical charts. Okay. Bull, 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 bull. You got an intermission. <laughs> oh, you done for yep. real? That was it. Oh. You just pushed me. <laughs> so let's get this over with. Okay, yeah, so it's time for the intermission. Um, I just like to say that I'm glad the girls were fed up with your questions because that is that has made me happy. Cause, yeah, your questions were hard. So, okay, I'm waiting for our our tie break around. It won't be happening. You'll you'll lighten up eventually. I won't. Okay, no, so she'll be darkening up. Okay. <laughs> um. 
So on YouTube, there's been this um, little craze going around called song association. So what, how it works is, I'm actually happy we're um, together for this because it's gonna make it a lot easier. Um, what happens is there'll be a word that pops up on the screen for the, it's, it's normally a celebrity, like I watched Sierra. Was it Sierra? No, I watched Kelly Rowland. Two different people. I watched Kelly Rowland do it. So what happens is like a, a word pops up on the screen and then you have to sing a song that is associate that has that word in the song. So for example, you going to do a, a pitch or something. So you'll <laughs> find out. So like, l- let's try it. So if I were to give you the word love, what will be a song that you could sing that has the word love in it? Love, Bakishkol. So you, <laughs> like, so like, just you don't have to sing it, but like, say like a couple words so you get how it goes. Love, never knew what I was missing. Oh, but so, as soon as we start kissing, I find. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Um, yeah. So like, and you have like ten seconds to do it. So it'll be like happy. You like happy. Clap along if oh. you feel mm. like a room. Okay, so. <clears throat> I thought it would be cute to do the same thing with a little bit of a twist. So don't worry. So um, I'm going to give you a word or a type of work or um, a fragment, an idea. What the heck? <laughs> and you, what, 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 what I what? ask you to do is if it's, I'm not going to give you a time limit, okay, because it's kind of hard. But... It's not. It's not that hard. I'm not gonna give you ten seconds. Is my point. So, just edit out the silence if it's if it's too long. All right. So I'm gonna give you a word, or a composer, or an idea, and you have to sing a couple bars of a piece that has that idea that was by that composer or has or represents that element. This strikes me as something that's gonna be easier once we start playing. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. I think you. I think you're. It's not. You talk about an idea. I'm gonna give you a cloud, and then no, you can turn the cloud I feel into like... a teddy bear, and then associate that with. Okay, so let's let's so we'll, we'll play together. We'll do an example first. You're, you're gonna see. I'm gonna make sure you don't see my stuff because people be cheating. So okay, we'll play together. So if I give you the word symphony, sing. Any symphony that comes to mind, but you have 10 seconds. It's okay, so it's not hard, right? There you go. Okay, that was straightforward, but yeah. Okay, so ready? Oh, I should time you. I should give you 20 seconds, actually. So let me pull up this on my computer, just for my own personal enjoyment. And I will time you. So you have 20 seconds. Okay, so the first one is concerto. Go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ratchet. Okay, so what was that for the girls that was who don't know? Bass concerto, I do not like Von Hall. As a composer, he's just mediocre. Okay. Well, okay, that's not fair, but his viola concerto is absolutely terrible. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> absolutely egregious. Okay. Good. So far, so good. 
Okay. Since I didn't embarrass myself, so even though the second note of that was not the note it was supposed Girl, to be. Girl, no but. one's looking for that. Like you <laughs> classical musicians. Oh yeah, y'all yeah, love y'all love a good dragon. In the comments said Dolly anyway. Dolly was what? They gonna type that. I don't know how you spell it, but they're gonna they, find they'll a way. figure it out. <laughs> right. Okay. Next one is Mozart. Go. You can keep making me sing. <laughs> Not that aggressive one. Okay. That was abduction from the Seraglio Overture. Oh, you love that piece. Okay. So far, so good. I'm proud of you. Okay. Next I'm one. when these ideas are going to come into play. Okay. The next one is French. Go. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't listen to none of that. <laughs> Dang. How does Daphne and Chloe go? That's probably my best bet. Oh, the beginning is just like tremolos and then it's so. Mm, nope, that don't but count. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. The whole first page versus no. a tremolo, so. No. <laughs> okay, you lost one. We were doing good. Bum, buddy. Oh, you know what I could have done? And then also. Bum, bum, bum. By Bazay. Oh, you hate, hate that. hate that piece. You could also done. Bring it way back. What is that? I don't know what that is. French folk song. <laughs> what da, 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 da. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. I got that last one. The no, are part you did of the not piece. get it. The tremolos are you, part of the piece. No, you, you no. <laughs> Tell even. us in the comments. They're part of the piece. I can show you the score. Okay, but the point is that it has to be recognizable. Some <laughs> it people, is. some people play this game on YouTube and they're like, love. And they'd be like, love, love. <laughs> <laughs> and the people be like, no. <laughs> Doing well. Oh, you missed one. I didn't miss any of them. You missed one. I didn't miss You any literally of them. missed one. I literally didn't. Okay. But you said you weren't going to be a time woman. You were like, actually. Yeah, because I realized that there should be one. Okay. But it, nah. Okay, last one is triplet. Sing a melody with the triplet in it. Girl. <laughs> oh, I don't know how this goes, though. Dang. Because it's so fast. What were you thinking? That was time. Uh, movement three of track six with all those fast triplets. I don't even know how to like the pitches. I can't even. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but movement three of track six is like a bunch of triplets. I don't know what that is. Lagazuadra. That's not recognizable. That's not like a memorable piece to me. Or hide variations, number five. I've only played that once. <laughs> or beat da 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 Which is dance. Have you does do basses play that? I don't know what that is. Y'all Suzuki book is mad weird though. Like y'all be having some abstract songs I ain't never heard of. After Twinkle Variations, like Suzuki was doing whatever. I have no experience with Suzuki. Um, cause Suzuki bass doesn't really work that well, to be honest. 
anyway i hope you guys played along with us let me know what pieces you picked and we are moving on it's been a minute it's back trifling music history and today we dragon strauss well, he dragged himself with his own actions, so. I don't feel bad for him. Neither do I. Because, I mean, nothing really happened to him, so. Like, Imagine and, having and, so much privilege to bring your own downfall. Right. And then really not even uh, suffering the repercussions for it. But, okay. I was going to say something so trifling, but it's fine. What was that? Nothing. Okay, so your good, your good sis, Richie Strauss. Um, y'all know him as a German composer. Um, most... Um, Rec- widely recognized for his tone poems I mean I don't know why you girls love him so much um, But Don Juan And Ein Heidelaben Like brought the girls to their feet Like they were like Oh my god um, So that's what he's Widely recognized for He was a horn player um, Wrote his violin concerto when he was like Super young um, So yeah basic background About Strauss German composer So on to the mess so <laughs> the thing that Strauss, that's different about Strauss and the other ones that we have talked about WC and Gesualdo is like well actually no I was gonna say like his actions weren't like as outwardly egregious but I think that he was actually the worst of them all um I can't tell because it's like Gesualdo like killed people yeah Gesualdo was terrible Strauss was also terrible WC was just was just like trash in his like marriage in his marital like situations. Yeah. It wasn't like nothing crazy. Like to me I think I don't I don't know. I feel like Jess Waddle's probably a little worse. Yeah, maybe he a little a little or like worse like, in a different way. Yeah, in a different way. Cause, mm-hmm. Cause Strauss is still pretty pretty, pretty terrible. Like I ain't even a lie. <laughs> It's so bad, but when when WC said that his wife voice, <laughs> that sent, that still sends me like her voice. Like it didn't, it didn't bother you before you married her. <laughs> Y'all don't think nothing through. Anyway, so Strauss. One thing that we didn't know, and I remember a lot of people brought this to our attention when we met them at Sphinx. They were like, "Oh, you don't forget to, to drag Strauss." I'm like, Strauss? Like what Strauss do? So. Strauss was booed up with the Nazis um, during World War II. So we're going to just um, take that apart a little bit and talk about it. Um, a lot of times um, Strauss, I feel like, is giving like a pass because he wasn't anti-Semitic. Like he wasn't a Nazi himself, but um, still he his actions like were were just as terrible and Martin Luther King has a a really great quote that um Martin Luther King has a great quote that I thought about immediately when I read Strauss's story um and it says in the end we will remember not the words of our enemies but the silence of our friends he who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helps to perpetuate it and to me this is exactly what Strauss did and he's also a cloud chaser so all right, so one of the things that's a common misconception about Strauss um, in his in his relationship uh, with Hitler was the Olympic hymn that he wrote for the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. 
but this hymn, this piece, was commissioned in 1931, which is before he had any involvement with Hitler um, and Nazism. So that particular, so the writing of that particular piece wasn't related to anything that he had, that anything that had to do with Hitler or Nazism at the time. But a lot of people um, gave him flack for that, thinking that it was related to uh, him being on Hitler's side or agreeing with his ideologies. And also, Hit- uh, Germany didn't commission that. Like mm-hmm. the. The Olympus is, a, is an international organization, exactly. so they were like, "All right, because um, what's the boy's name? Strauss was a superstar. No, the boy's name? <laughs> Strauss was a superstar at the t- <laughs> at the time. So they were like, "All right, we're gonna do the games in Germany in in 1936. Who can we ask? So mm-hmm. it was like more of that kind of approach. It wasn't like it was, Hitler yeah. not, came to his office talking about we need you, you need my little ditty for the thing. All right." Mm -hmm. I mean at this point Um, but after that Strauss wrote a letter pledging his allegiance to Hitler which from there is when he lost me like honestly (laughs) because okay so the the biggest thing Strauss did he took the position I gotta find the name of it it's something in German but basically he was he was head of music for the Third Reich that's what that's what he was doing he took the position and a lot of his um, biographers and stuff like that are like, he took it with eyes wide open. Like he he wanted to further German music and 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 fight for um, classical music in general. I'm like, let's pull over. And composers' rights. That's what took me down. <laughs> I was like, composers', composers rights. rights of all the rights of all the rights. Composers' <laughs> rights. And also, you you're advocating for German music. And y'all been stopped playing Mendelssohn? Make it make sense. And you look dumb because you're sitting over here staring in the face of a genocide and com- and have the audacity to be like, composer's rights, the right to be paid more for a commission. I'm like, dude, literally, this is a genocide happening, like, right? Pe- people are dying by the millions. <laughs> and you're and you're worried about getting getting more money for, for uh, one of your tone poems. Like, girl, what are you even talking about? Like, Strauss was an opportunist, like, he uses to try to to again what so many people like to do like not focus on the point like he used this as an opportunity to get ahead in classical music and also he didn't have to like strauss was like literally a worldwide name like mm-hmm. especially like after the success of his operas um strauss remained popular even during the war and i think that's that's the main thing so like to me i, I think about like Someone who's already famous looking for more clout. It, to me, it just doesn't make sense. It's like he, like it's like Cardi B teaming up with Trump to like get more record sales for like Cardi's a, a megastar. Like, what do you what do you need to do that for? And like, it's a little different with like Strauss. I understand, but it's like he was already so well known. There's really there's literally no point to to do this. And especially like you're trying to to push forward your music, and I'm like you're you're still forgetting. Like to to me, it's like. The thing with Mendelssohn and like they stopped playing Mendelssohn and stuff like that. I'm like, you're not pushing forward anything. I'm like, you're doing this for yourself. And at what cost? And and not exactly. Your moral compass is broken. And then again, like you pledge your allegiance to Hitler, but like, but he he made a comment about how he thinks that like anti-Semitism is like poor a poor man's thing and like how like it's absolutely ridiculous. Meanwhile, 
you're pledging your allegiance to Hitler. So make it make sense. Right. Because a lot of people will be like, well, he didn't really mean it. And that's not really what he felt. But at the same time, it's like, as a person, you can't, you can't say, oh, well, I'm going to just go along with this. But I don't really believe it. Because in my heart of hearts, deep down, I don't believe it. Because nobody knows the real answer to that but you. Exactly. And how am I supposed to look at, how am I supposed to just, I'm just take your word for it? Oh, you pledge your allegiance to Hitler, but you don't, you didn't really pledge your allegiance to Hitler. Like, you know, it, how, I'm not going to take your word for that. I'm going to take you at face value. Because <laughs> this is the history of the legacy that you've decided to leave behind. Exactly. And like, imagine like, you, how can anyone believe it? Like he had, he had Jewish friends that he was, his daughter-in-law was Jewish. Like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine he's like down in private. Like, yeah, like y'all, whatever. But like trying to like play nice with Hitler, like ain't nobody actually played nice with him. Like you really could have just been minding your business. And I mean like, and he, I understand that like, I try to step carefully around this because like, I know like it was tense. A lot of people were doing what they were doing to survive. But like, to me, this wasn't a survival tactic. It's like, and it also said, like, Strauss wanted to stay in Germany, which he should. That's his home. Like, he shouldn't have to go anywhere. But it's like, you could have stayed in Germany and minded your business, and you didn't want to do that. You know, he he didn't want to leave Europe. He he made a comment, like, I can't go to America because there's nothing going on there for me. I will go poor. Like, because, like, if you think about the state of American orchestras, like, how many were there? Who will be playing your stuff? You know what right. I'm saying? So he... He's, he wanted to stay in Europe, and that's fine, but I don't understand what Hitler had to do with this. He could have kept writing your stuff. Like, you were still popular all around Europe. Like, there's no reason. And then when stuff really started to hit the fan, that's when you started looking crazy. Right. So he wrote a letter to... Um, he wrote a letter to um, one of his friends, um, last name's Vig, and he was saying about, like, how, you know, I don't really believe in all this stuff, and, and you know, like... You know, I'm not really down for all that, that stuff that Hitler talking about and blase, blase. And, like, you got to believe me, man. Like, I'm just trying to do what I got to do to make it and blase, she blase. She read it from the exact transcript, too. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> in broken German. <laughs> Y'all, man, I'm just out here in these streets. I'm just trying to do the my thing. And you know, I'm just trying to do my thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Gestapo got a hold of it. And it was like, oh, so... So you don't believe in what we doing. Right. And then he was forced to resign. Mm-hmm. Like, so now and you, you look at that's all he was forced you, to do. You, exactly. Could, because I could imagine like a letter like that would be like incredibly dangerous, like yeah. incredibly dangerous. But also like, you know, I could see why Hitler would probably leave him alone. Like, I mean, Hitler wasn't trying to save nobody's face because you literally been murdering people by the millions. But, you know, Strauss was a, a celebrity, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so he was forced to step down. So after all of that, after all that cloud chasing you did, trying to, trying to, you know, promote your music, trying to do all that stuff, like you had to, you had to, you had to resign, which like you like rightfully should, but like mm-hmm. no one should have had to tell you to, to step down. Sis. So that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Strauss defenders will bring up the fact that he allegedly helped a lot of Jewish people um, escape and help them to freedom and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, and that's the least you could do. That's like that's like Carrie Tubman owning slaves to me, right? <laughs> like, huh? Like that doesn't make sense. Like you you are literally working for the guy that you're trying to save them from. <laughs> make make it make sense. 
willingly. It's not even like you you infiltrated and you had this master right. plan. Like, no, you did it for you. And you then did you were it like, for you. Oh, by the way, this is kind of messed up. So let me just, I'll just take a few of y'all. You know, like, it was an afterthought at best. And and let's be <laughs> let's be real. Let's, like, be real, Strauss. Like, you, only reason why you probably really cared about these Jewish people, I mean, like, really, really cared, is because your daughter-in-law was Jewish and your two grandchildren were Jewish as well. Right, and that must have been another... Um, a different uh, son that married that daughter-in-law because, um, right, the, yeah, right. In because the, Franz was about it. He was like, you know, this anti-Semitic thing it might could work, and, and you know, I, I kind of believe it. And it's not. Yeah, apparently know? he was very enthusiastic yeah. about the ideas that Hitler had going on. Which yeah, and actually, what what sucks about this whole thing is like so. His his granddaughter went through a whole bunch of stuff with with this because like she's Jewish, right? So she got arrested a whole bunch of times because and. And um, they had to fight to make sure that his grandsons didn't have to wear the Star of David on their on right. their their I think on their coats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they he they were going through all this stuff because it was like they would get arrested, like oh 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 you was Strauss, oh okay okay, and they get arrested again, like oh oh yeah 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 we sorry, like it was like that kind of back and forth and stuff. And what ended up happening is his daughter in law's grandmother and a bunch of other people related to her got put into a concentration camp so strauss thinking like oh you know i'm cool with hitler let me let me go down there try to straighten everything out like you got the wrong people like no nah, we good we good he goes down there and they turn him away and like and they end up dying in that concentration camp and it's like you did all this stuff you tr- you you mixing up with the wrong people and it's like would it have happened would it have happened regardless like yes because like the the times were serious and ridiculous. However, like you literally tried to befriend sides with the enemy just for this not to work out in your favor anyway. Right. So to me, it just people who say like, "Oh, Strauss wasn't he wasn't um, he wasn't a Nazi and he wasn't anti-Semitic." I'm like, he's just as bad. Just as bad. He's because just as bad. I'm just thinking of like this really. I believe in my heart of hearts that there's no amount of money that would make me do that. I couldn't even. I couldn't like. Imagine. I'll be homeless first. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super good. Y'all wasn't showering anyway, so. Well, you are halfway there, so. And I, I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine like compromising my moral compass to to promote my career. I don't even sit right with me. I can't even lie no more. <laughs> Let I, alone that. <laughs> I can't. I cannot lie. I just be like. It'd be like little things. But Little that thing. now you now and that and that's why that's part of the reason why I don't believe it. How could you set up something that big and something that should weigh on your conscience that heavily, and you just be okay um, going along with it if you really don't believe it, or if you really actually do care about those people? That doesn't make sense. It, it, doesn't, it make sense. doesn't make sense. So especially like and the thing that would make me mad, like especially like it's like you have one of his libertas was 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 Jewish, Jewish yeah. and. Like, I don't understand how you really, like, looked him in the face. I, I just don't. And whatever. Like, people say, like, oh, Strauss was, like, kind of mean, kind of, like, off-putting, whatever. Like, there's plenty of mean people who, like, aren't racist. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, there's plenty of mean people who just, like, to keep to themselves and whatever. And and he sat on this thing. Like, he sat on these ideas. I remember one time they came to his house looking for somebody or maybe his granddaughter, some, his um, daughter-in-law, something like that. Came to his house looking for something. And... His, one of his sons came up to him and was like, oh, there's a bunch of them outside, like, here. 
and he was like oh don't worry like i'm gonna go talk to them he's like hey y'all so i'm richard strauss um here's a score to whatever piece i think it was like down one he's like here's a score to prove it so um oh no i remember american troops came to his house because they were like so y'all gonna have to stop this and um he was like oh don't worry i'm Michael strauss like it's, it's good it's good it's good and then like the next week they came over like and have dinner with him like 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 he he has he had all the clout in the world before he went to go look for it you know what i'm saying like he's just trash to me like i i, I feel like complacency is like the is the biggest enemy of progress mm-hmm. because it's not the ones who it's not the ones who who are out there being like blue lives matter and 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 why why are you running from the police anyway and and da, da, da. it's not and he wasn't all that innocent because because he stole a juice box back in 1942 yeah, so yeah it's like not, <laughs> it's not always those people it's the ones who sit inside their homes and living room being like well you know like maybe, what am i gonna do what am, about I, gonna, it? What am I gonna do yeah. about it and i'm like you tell your you tell your the cop and your family that blue lives don't matter because you get to take off your uniform at the end of the day there's no such thing as a blue life unless you're, unless you're a smurf <laughs> You know, it's like okay. com- <laughs> complacency is like or the. Elmo. I mean, not Elmo, Cookie Monster. Wait, yeah, them, them two. Papa Smurf and Squidward is blue. He's he more kind, of like he a like turquoise. Yeah, he's kind of like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I feel like complacency is the biggest enemy of progress. It's like the ones who, it's the ones who like low-key think that it's terrible to keep the keep uh children in cages but refuse to call the representatives and, and, and see what they could do about it right. it's like complacency is like the the biggest enemy it's like yeah we get it it's bad yes or you don't say nothing to your to your racist grandma at the thanksgiving table right i'm lucky enough to have family members that are don't have problematic opinions on most things but if something does come up i'm not just gonna be like well it's my mama so i can't say nothing like you know like yeah. <laughs> because why would you just sit there and have them going out into the world exactly exactly you know? and i just can't for me personally in good conscience just let that let that you know continue to happen so why are people sitting around just well, you know what am i really gonna do i'm just one person I'm right just, like nah and then he and his shots went even further than that it was like well I'm just I'm just gonna and I feel like a lot of people do this like type of like brown nosing type of like I don't care how I get to the top as long as I'm at the top type thing like Hitler was the guy so it's like if you up there with him and, and he controlling all the stuff meanwhile all he wants to do is annihilate the human race so it's like he's not thinking about you or your symphony sis exactly like not even not even a little bit not even a little bit and at least the people who are out here um and are standing their hatred at least we know who to look out for mm-hmm. but now it's people who are like no i'm on your side low-key but just don't tell nobody i'm on your side right you know, it's those people that is like nah well in conclusion he sucks he, he sucks and and at the end of it we'll link the the radio interview that we listened to one of the things we listened to to prepare for this episode and um at the end we talk about this idea like i think we mention it every time it's like 
do we continue listening to Strauss? I'm like, well, unfortunately for me, Strauss is on every audition that I will ever take in my life. So I have I have that, but this idea of like, do we separate the composer from the music? And I don't, I feel like this is like a it's a terrible it's a it's a difficult question because especially for someone like Strauss, I mean. I feel like the misconception is wrong because people be like, well, he wasn't really anti-Semitic. He just, he was just BFF with Hitler, so. Which, which to me, it means literally nothing. You know. It means next to nothing. That, like, the the difference is so minute. It does not matter to me. So. Yeah, I, I just, stress, stress is hard because it's like, I, I must play his music, you know. Mm-hmm. But to say, like, I don't think, he should be programmed. I think it's something that should be that should be visited. You know, I think because it's like if we, I don't know, do we separate the the composer from com- composer from the music? I feel like if they're extremely problematic, yes. Debussy cheating on his wife and being terrible is not a yeah, reason yeah. to not play Debussy. Yeah, the quality of Debussy's music is the reason not to play Debussy. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that. <laughs> um, shout out to the Debussy fans who will drag me later. <laughs> You will not convince me otherwise. All right. um, Imagine being a WC fan and thinking, no, let me not do this. <laughs> what, a, do. what a confusion. <laughs> Confusing state of existence. You right, know. Do y'all know what day it is? <laughs> a pizza down beat says, which one? Which one? <laughs> um, who wrote the, who's the, 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 oh, that's Ravel. Yeah, I, I tried. I, mm. That's as close as I could get. Ravel's slightly better to me. Yeah, I like his string quartet. Yeah. And Daphne and Chloe was such a pleasant surprise. Daphne, it's, nice. it's Yeah, it's, it's nice. I was nice. not expecting that. Oh, my God. Because it was, like, time. Yeah, right. So And rhythm. And there's tremolos. Mm-hmm. That don't. count. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> but at the end of this interview, like, one of the guys made, like, a, this is a problem. I feel like people, when we talk about, like, problematic things, I feel like we're never on the same page. Because of this comment so he said they were asking like do we separate the the music from the composer and one of the gentlemen that was on there was talking about like well i think we we have to consider the music first and the human like second because they're composers and that's how we have to judge them as composers and and you know tchaikovsky said you know past remarks about about his uh about his colleagues once upon a time. And that's when my car almost sort of the road because I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know we are not comparing um, Tchaikovsky passing remarks about his colleagues who are, who are probably inferior anyway to Strauss who pledges allegiance to Hitler. Those are not the same thing. We're not talking about people being mean. We're talking about fundamental character flaws. We're talking about racism yeah, like genocide genocide Literally millions of people being murdered by the man like okay that's not the, that's not we this is the this is you missing the point this is you this is the big red target and you missing the mark like that this is what this is it's like you cannot compare the two that's apples and oranges like people are people are people people are stressed out about their people buying their music they're stressed out because like he wasn't check he was like not free to be himself. I would be mad too. And you have all these inferior people around you trying to compose your little symphonies and right. they're making you mad. Like, and they're like, can you read this and tell me if it's good or not? <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Masorsky, you, he tired of Masorsky coming up to his house. Can you sign my score? Can you please, just, can I touch the hymn in your government? <laughs> please stop. <laughs> you gonna quit with that. 
But um, I, I just it, it just made me very angry. I'm like, this is not the same thing. Like, I feel like, especially in a day where we're trying, despite the valiant efforts of others, to be more culturally sensitive and culturally aware. Um, I feel like this is there's always steps backwards when we continue to program works like by now Strauss, not even now Strauss, he's been like this, so we just, we just new to the game. Mm-hmm. And Wagner especially, like, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, I know the opera world, especially like that's the world I wanna be in, would take a huge loss by that, but it's like, Wagner literally sucked mm-hmm. in every way. And even so, I feel like, cause Wagner had, um, had anti-Semitic views that he, you know, that he literally pinned in, you know, in writing. But um, a lot of a lot of his association um, with Hitler and stuff was obviously done after his death. Meanwhile, Strauss was sitting alongside. Exactly. Alongside. And, he don't, and y'all don't keep that same energy with him. Y'all really don't keep any type of appropriate energy with any of them. Because all we do, like all people do is like, should we be playing this? IDK and then y'all play it and then y'all program it again the next season. Like, <laughs> not first of all, IDK, you suck. <laughs> Oops, programmed it again. We'll talk about we'll talk right. next year. Right. 20, 20 years from now, we're having the same conversation. Right. Talk soon, XOXO. That's a thing. Like, like, like y'all love discussion, but don't want to do anything with the things that we discuss. Like, there are other operas to do, better operas to do. Puccini wrote, you know what operas Puccini wrote? So, and, and I feel like what we do too often is like forget that other people were also writing along Puccini. Like it wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Wagner, thank God. You know, it's like people were writing alongside these people. Like there's other things to program besides like the same thing. I just don't, I don't understand. It's like, we don't have to do it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just, it's just incredibly problematic, but you know, y'all don't care about that. So, All right, so. <laughs> but um let us know what do you, let us know what you think about Strauss and if you're Julisha was like don't tell me nothing about Strauss that's bae I was like see <laughs> it is I, Don Juan is only pleasant because I know how to play it so I'm like yeah. oh that's nice like, now now it's like it don't seem like this thing that's insurmountable it's kind of like okay how can I make it better so it's enjoyable to like go through that experience of like being on the other side of like this is literally impossible to being like okay what can i do to make it better like that's nice however like master master glad you mastered it literally didn't literally did so literally not as the orchestra i before last month so well meanwhile they auditioned everybody else who couldn't keep up. So, since a majority could keep up, they had to hire all of them. Because then you would stick out as the only person that could play it. Make it make sense. You would stick out. That literally makes sense. <sighs> what they gonna do? Fire everybody else? That's just like the same thing they better do, with Adam. Oh yeah. Does Adam know he gonna be the only player in the Memphis Symphony? Right. Did the they Memphis, tell him that yet? The Memphis solo flute ensemble. Himself. <laughs> Himself. <laughs> In Spain. Not the solo flute ensemble. You hear yourself? <laughs> oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But no, she's a, there's a conductor. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm pull her up. But meanwhile. We'll say her name. Oh, Kalina. Kalina. Right. So it'll be Adam and Kalina. Right. So Sounds good to me. 
Yeah, I'll go. I'll pay good money, good American Sounds dollars good. for that. Yeah. Let us know what you think about this. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> the hour's late. It's time for Black Excellence. Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everybody at the top. Who you got, Delaney? All right, so this week, Black Excellence goes out to Eleanor, Eleanor Alberga. Hey, Eleanor. Um, okay. Um, that was good. I'm working okay. on my vocals. She is a composer, born in Kingston, Jamaica. I knew you were going to say that. I, I, Bonsia! Big up yourself, this literally a pop-up came up on my computer because you were singing that too loud. Goody! I literally considered leaving that out because of this exact thing. Remember, North South Jamaica should come from. All right, read our thing. Big I up yourself. I just said she was from Kingston. You said what? I just said she was from Kingston. <laughs> What she do? Oh, what what, what my goody do? Oh my goodness! Um, in nineteen. 19- Elena. <laughs> ah. Beam. All right. We don't know. We finish. Hey. Okay. Okay. You clearly not. <laughs> you know I should have never said it. I knew I wasn't. <laughs> I would have found out anyway. Oh I know, but not at least not when we were recording. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm done now only because I really want to go to bed. Okay. So. You're trash. <laughs> like, this. I'm so childish. Childish. Okay. Um, in 1970, she won the uh, Biennial Royal Schools of Music Scholarship for the West Indies. Of course. Um, which she took up at the Royal Academy of Music in London. Um, she studied piano and singing, but um, even though she had a budding career as a solo pianist, uh, meaning that she was uh, among the three finalists in the International Piano Concerto Competition. Um, in the United Kingdom in 1974 um, that was uh, put on hold for her composition career um, with upon her arrival at the London Contemporary Dance Theater in 1978. Um, she became one of the few pianists with uh, a deep understanding of modern dance um, and improvisation um, and that's something that she um, has incorporated into her compositions um she was just um not just it's literally the year delaney you read it okay 2001 just <laughs> um <laughs> 2001 she was awarded a nesta fellowship for composition um she also uh saw the premiere of her violin concerto that was written for thomas bowes and commissioned by the scottish chamber orchestra um she said of course several commissions um right um i mean because who else they asking um, <laughs> i mean why about me because i mean um two of her string quartets were actually three of her string quartets were recently um performed by the ensemble arcadiana okay bust down arcadiana hey. <laughs> <laughs> don't play this for him right <laughs> um <laughs> They they put that on their uh, recent album, um, so yeah, take uh take a listen to her music. We'll be linking her site and her Spotify uh link so you can listen to some of her music. The person that suggested her for Black Excellence um said that it's pretty modern, so they didn't know how we was gonna feel about it. But I mean, we can have love for it. Shout out to Jasmine. So. Jasmine suggested it? No, no, not Jasmine, but oh, okay. Jasmine wasn't the one that oh, suggested Jasmine, it. Jasmine, that's some Jasmine stuff. <laughs> nah, it was Mara. Oh. But, 
Um, but yeah, check her out. I'm gonna link her site, and that's it for Black Excellence. Piece of the week goes out to the Lion King soundtrack. Now, before you roll your eyes. Um, it was performed by the Recollective Orchestra, which features many, many friends of ours and friends of the show. Um, also, a lot of pa- past Black XLI, um, like Kaylin Edwards, uh, Jessica McJunkins. Was Sterling a uh, Black Excellence? Yeah. Sterling was in that orchestra. Andrew Francois was in that orchestra. Titus, Titus so, Underwood. I just don't understand, boys. like... I heard that like the sound was like something that you Tahira was in the orchestra, mm-hmm. um, so take a listen. I certainly haven't listened. I'm still stuck on Hamilton. I told Caitlin I'm gonna listen. I just I'm I'm still listening to Hamilton, but um, yeah, I want to take a listen. Uh, I've linked it. It's on Spotify. Um, so go get your entire life. The majority of the orchestra is black, as it should be, because it literally took place in Kenya. So there's no other movie where the orchestra should be predominantly black. Um, so yeah, I'm so happy for my friends. I'm excited for the big things that they will be accomplishing from this right. and um, embarrassing all the girls that have ever come before them and will ever come, period. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Um, if you have a piece of the week suggestion, black excellence suggestion, please email them to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com and we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.